Oh. Are you ready? What's up, guys? What's up, Billy? Glad we could make it through that intro. <laughs> Powered through it. <laughs> so complete the motion, even yeah. if you stumble. Yep. And I didn't want to jinx it, but I haven't fucked up the intro song yet, live, most times. I record it in one shot before I add it to whatever episodes. Okay. So when I do fuck up, it's going to be major. (laughs) People will know. I'll just play a solo or something then. Billy, I I made you wait to talk until we were recording. What was that book you were talking about? Oh, okay. So I was just saying how, like, the, the meta... (laughs) like what was the book you were telling us about billy tell us about the book well i was actually talking originally about like the meta thing like how with mark zuckerberg talking about like the metaverse basically like describing like you know our next like step into the singularity yeah and it reminded me of a book that i read last fall about this like billionaire tech dude is a dan brown novel and about um how he like he gives a similar sort of um like what's the fucking word I'm looking for? Presentation. Jesus, I'm high. <laughs> gives a similar presentation in the beginning of the book, talking about like and his big thing is like he's very like um almost like anti religious. Like not only atheist, but like an- like vehemently atheist. Okay. So he's basically like, well, I've built this computer that is like this high level quantum computer and it can simulate all the years of like development on earth from its inception to the end of time. And he's like, I ran it and nothing happened. He's like, so like, and he's, his goal is basically to determine that human beings are not the creation of something else, but rather we're like a natural occurrence based on like the universe and like our okay. place in it. Yeah, okay. And he basically, like, I won't, like, spoil the book, but he basically, like, when he first runs a simulation, it doesn't produce anything, and he has to he has to find other things to add to the formula to get human beings. Mm-hmm. But, like, in the book, he dies right in the beginning. And then at the end, it's, like, this quantum computer is basically, like, the, like, kind of the missing link that humans have between, like, where we're at right now and like our technology like because yeah i i don't want to get into the whole thing but like part of what the simulation runs once he figures out what he's missing in the formula is there's like the human race and then there's this like other race or this like other population that like starts out in like the graph and then all of a sudden it like becomes as big as people and then like consumes us and then we like become part of it and the whole idea is like that is like our technology Mm. and that like we kind of merge with it as like our evolution keeps going like we don't stay people just like we stay apes right well it's like joe rogan says that we're just the caterpillars building a technological butterfly yeah but um, the reason I had that crazy outburst is because I said (laughs) my only knowledge of this was the memes and like 
the simpleton version, like, the memes are all about how, like, these people, like, all they hear is Book and Mark Zuckerberg, and they're just, like, talk, thinking it's, like, a Facebook thing, and they're, like, Facebook's this machine, or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's, like, it's ridiculous to me that, like, there's some people that just, like, I've never heard that description yet, because, I mean, I just don't really look at news that much. Right, yeah. Like, recently. Uh-huh. And I've only seen the memes on it, and it's just so wild that just the simple perspective of it is just so off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is, and I, I, really, I think what really gives me, like, a little bit, I think, more unique perspective is, like, A, I've listened to Duncan Trussell's rants on Joe Rogan, like, a shitload, just like you guys. And then I've also, like, I wanted to read, you know, the singularities near. So it's like, when he's talking about the metaverse, like, I actually have a conceptualization of what he's, like, referring to. You know what I mean? Whereas I think a lot of people that hear that are like, what the fuck's this guy talking about? Like, they really don't even come close to, like, grasping what Zuckerberg's even talking about. Right. Like, they just don't understand yeah. what that's going to be. Yeah. What that what that means? Like they don't like. Well, I'm right here right now. How am I gonna be in a video game? Like yeah. it's gonna it's always gonna seem like this clunky, weird. Like it's you know it's gonna be really fucking good before too long. Well, like VR itself, like dude, I keep saying it, but like I No Man's Sky fucked with me because that <laughs> game is so close to VR. It's basically like if you fucking live in space, like yeah. And I just spent yeah. so much of my time in that when I was in college and just fucking. Nothing to do but smoke weed and fucking go to college, you know? <laughs> and play No Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I put so many hours into that shit. But, like, I specifically didn't want to get a VR headset because I'd be like, if, if I get a VR headset, I'm going to need one of those, like, buckets with a toilet seat on or something. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to, like, feed yourself through my <laughs> It's like, because I'm not getting out of this shit. <laughs> like, just strapped in at that point for the long haul. But it's like, yeah... So I've been trying to detach from that more and um, because I have a few buddies who talk about the Singularity and they're like, um, like, oh, you see Ready Player One where it's like all VR. I'm like, yeah, that's probably how it'll be. Like the earth will just be like all fucked from pollution and we'll all just live in like hive cities and everybody just goes on VR and just has like some like avatar body and shit. Living in like a meta. I hate to say metaverse, but it's so, yeah, something like a metaverse. Some universe yeah. that's just created some virtual space. And, like, some people are, like, totally cool with that. And, I mean, I am not. <laughs> like, well, one, I guess you could say it's attachment to my physical body. But, two, like, um, I've said before that I think higher consciousness is probably, like, the natural, organic version of that freaking hive mind you know that virtual like whatever like what if what if being tapped into that excludes you from that but if it's you can tap into it through technology that you all the better you know i'm curious what makes you um so nervous about like wanting to step into a virtual space in terms of like like a metaverse type scenario Versus enjoying the shit out of No Man's Sky when it's almost the same thing. It's just not as submersive. Well, because it's not as immersive and I can step away from it. Yeah, not as immersive, whatever, but like... 
I used the wrong word. Oh. I said submersive. I couldn't, fucking I couldn't remember which of us said the wrong I'm word. I'm a <laughs> But um, either way, you could step away from it. Like I said, I didn't really feel like getting the headset. I'm sure I would have been fine if I got the headset, but I just would have played video games more. But that's the thing is like all the things in your life, if you devote energy to it and time to it, it takes time away from other things. And it's like how much time do you want to spend in this virtual like universe and, like, as it gets better and better, more people are just going to want to spend more time in it. And it's, like, that's just not for me. But I, when I do it and I enjoy it, I imagine that, like, there's some people that just get, like, taken by that. Yeah, there definitely are, right? I mean, video game addiction is totally real. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Because there's basically more of a clear, distinct line. Yeah, definitely. Strength? That's, like, the, okay. Yeah, it's not, like there's a distinct line and it's just like a lighter version. Like if you play a freaking super Nintendo versus playing a PS4, you're probably going to get way more sucked into a fucking PS4. Fuck yeah. Whereas like the Nintendo, you're like, ha, ah, that was fun. Let's go play outside again. You yeah. know, whereas the better it gets, the more it like draws you into it and it's yeah. harder to, pry away from it. Do you think about some of those racing games and, like, the newer models versus, like, what you played, like you said, on the Nintendo 64 where you're, like, at the bottom of the screen and the road's fucking moving and you're just, like, going here and there and, like, you know. Whereas now it's, like, you can feel like you're driving a high-performance race car in your fucking living room. Dude, so, listen to this. <laughs> My brother has that set up in the basement where he has a full like steering wheel and pedals hooked up to his computer and like the sound surround sound the big screen tv down there and it's so funny because like he always plays like trucking simulator and stuff and my parents always joke because he like sleeps down there on the couch and they always joke that it's his his semi truck with the sleeper and bag <laughs> <laughs> and that like but straight up like his buddy they did like a racing simulator, racing games, and his buddy just did some of that shit. Fucking s smoked up the competition at Golden Sands, you know. Like I don't know if it actually improved his racing skill, but he got practice, got reps in. And my bro, Whoa. he puts, he's probably put in hundreds of hours truck driving in that, and he has it where it's like the actual same shifter with the splitter, like 16, 16 on the tree, whatever, like same shifter that would be in a semi truck or like whatever and so he's he, totally getting a legitimate practice. legitimate reps and so at the county highway department where both him and my dad work they do the the rodeo like the snowplow rodeo each year and it's basically just like they have a course set up with cones that simulates all the turns and maneuvers you'd have to make with a plow truck in the winter and basically you drive through it and you get a score based on how many cones you hit and out of 65 guys, my brother was 10th. Wow. Like, my dad went in the office because he, he was actually nervous. He was, like, before the, they posted the score, he's like, hey, can you just tell me, like, what I got? Or, like, they're like, you want to see? He's like, I just want to know if my kid beat me or not. Just If he beat me, just throw him out. <laughs> but, like, my dad ended up tying for fourth, which it's hilarious because you, really you get, like, a gift card 
if you get top three, and my dad and his buddy tied for fourth. I'm like, damn it! <laughs> but but my bro, yeah, he got tenth. So it was funny, because one of the like guys who's been there a while, like my bro is reading the scores, he's like, out of the way, scab, you don't have to worry about this for a few years. And he's like, actually, yeah, I beat you. <laughs> but, yeah. That's badass. So, I mean, if that's legitimate reps, I mean, it yeah. seems like it. Yeah. And it, it's extremely submersive. Like, they're literally recreating... I, I don't know what percentage it would be, but it's got to be a. I've never, I've never done one of those, but I would think that's got to be so fucking similar. If they're really getting that good of reps, we in, gotta have X try it out. X is a yeah. trucker. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like Nick yeah, literally X. like learned how to shift using that because like with that's the sh- with the truck, like you rev like with the pedals and you're revving it, and you have all the gauges work in this truck. And so he literally like can like l- watch RPMs and learn how to shift based on revving it and like. All that shit. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. And it's so funny because... So talk about games advancing and immersion. When we were little and I had Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, like, you could basically do anything in that game. Like, I was fucking flying planes, doing all kinds of crazy shit, like, blowing stuff up and shooting the guns or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) shooting cops, blowing shit up, being fuckwad. Did you believe that that was actually in a video game? Yeah, dude. That just, that just... And we played that when we were kids. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, like 10-year-olds. But, but the graphics weren't great, but either way, Nick... I always picked on him because when he played that game, he would always, like, obey the traffic laws and, like, stop at the stoplights. And then he would, like, go to the police station like, steal a cop car without hurting anyone. And you could do, like, side missions where you're just, like, a cop. Or, like, other times he'd, like, drive around the city in a fire truck putting out <laughs> the fires and stuff. Jesus. And, like, but, yeah, he just did, like, all, like, the nice, like... He just wanted to be a civil servant. <laughs> yeah, like, life. he literally just did all the good shit in all those games. I always picked up, like, Nick, you're not writing people over. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Kill somebody. Come on. Have some fun. Live a little. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's wild that now he's just, like, peak of his game, you know? That is crazy. So, yeah, getting crazy immersive. Yeah, dude. So, like, I don't know if I want to give up because I'm always tended towards the more physical pursuits. Like, I always did sports and I always, like, was, like, did outdoor shit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. It seems like even though I may be abstract compared to you, I definitely like to be immersed in the physical world. Oh, yeah. And I think, uh, yeah. I feel like I go in, like, stages throughout the year. Like, like, I mean, I told you guys before, like, fall started that I was going to get fucking all, you know, birdie and shit, like, all yeah. fall. But then, like, I'll go through a period this winter where I'm just, like, recharging. Where I'm just, like, going to work and, like, at home on the weekends just, like, reading. Yeah. And then, like, training, like, a ton as far as, like, just, like, lifting and, like, stretching. And, like, like my healthiest, most, like, in shape flexible like all around healthiest time of the year is usually like february and march because i've been doing that for like three solid months and i'm just like eating clean as hell and like just like recharging after i like busted my ass off all the winter is like now that i especially with the cold stuff now the winter is my like prime season as well whereas before it used to be like oh it's winter gonna get fat now like yeah 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 i'm excited to like I haven't, I mean, I'll, I'll usually will like flip the shower to cold, like four days a week for like three minutes. Yeah. But other than that, like I haven't done a ton of like 
cold, like really intense cold training. Like definitely not like you guys. Well, you're out in the cold though, like out in the marsh. Well, I was just gonna yeah. say is today when I was working, like, the, like the ladies that I like work for. Like, sorry, <laughs> the ladies that I work for, and then the people that we like dropped the, that we dropped the furniture off at were all like bundled up, and. I was just in a t-shirt the whole time and I was totally comfortable, you know, no issue at all. Never even thought about it. And they like made a couple comments and I was just like, yeah, well, I mean, I spent all morning in like 40 degree weather getting rained on. So yeah. like, this is actually really nice. <laughs> I have a sh- warm, dry shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Nico's shit was so damp when he went out there. <laughs> Fuck Dude, guy. That guy. <laughs> when I first started hunting with him, like. He talks about going through waders like that. Like, he does, because he never dries them. Like, when they get wet from probably the second week in October when it gets really cold, you know, it starts getting cold, they're wet all fucking season long. Yeah. And it's just like, well, they rot by the end of the season because they go 40 days without getting dried out. Well, road hard and put away wet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, like, we were talking today, but at the end of the year, when we're hunting and it's like, 10 degrees outside yeah it's amazing how in the beginning of the year the first time you're like doing decoys like it usually will like hurt my hands but, like put my hands in the water and then be out in the air and then in the water and out in the air by the end of the year it's like like i said like 10 degrees and i'm out there like shoving big sheets of ice like under the you know under the other ice like with my bare hands and i'm like fine like my hands are like functioning and just yeah. the that progression is like Blows my mind every Just year. getting the vascularity developed. Yeah, and you just, you just, yeah, you condition yourself. Like, okay, yeah. this is just part of what we do. I think part of it's building up the brown fat, too. I don't know. Yeah, like the adipose tissue. Yeah, I don't, I need to look into that more, because I want to see, like, what the potential is for people to develop brown fat, because I think I inadvertently made a lot of that, because I'm, the because they say um, brown fat is more dense. Mm-hmm. And I look incredible, like crazy cut right now, but I'm not malnourished or anything. Mm-hmm. Like I think I'm the more cut I've ever, most cut I've ever been while still eating regularly, mm-hmm. you know, which is crazy. So I think a lot of my fat is just hardened up, you know, and turned mm-hmm. into brown fat. Yeah. Dr. Rhonda Patrick talks about that a little bit in one of her Joe, like earlier Joe Rogan episodes, like maybe from like 2016 or 17. And she, she just hits on that a little bit, but I remember her talking about that. And it was, I think there's a re maybe it was that Huberman lab I was listening uh, to where they were talking about cold exposure. Um, they at least talk about it. I don't know if it was like a main topic of discussion, but they touch on it. I have to go back and listen to it again. I need to look, listen to that yeah. one as well. Yeah. Find that one. But yeah, man, I need to get a. I don't know if we mentioned on the pod before, but hoping to get one of those big dial thermometers or just some big visible thermometer put out there so we know how fucking cool it is. Yeah. Yeah, they, dude, I'll freaking look at, at Fleet. I think, um, like, we have a nice one at home. That's yeah, not that's badass looking. I wonder if we could find one online because a lot of them have, like, artwork, you know, like, white-tailed yeah. deer, like a cardinal. If we find a Viking one. Oh, fuck. Yeah. 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 Crazy yeah. ones. Yeah. We should we should see if there's like a custom background maker. We could give him like the Marine Barbarian Dude. skull. Yes. Hell yeah, that would be sick. That would be sick. But the crazy thing is when you're out in the cold that much, you 
can learn to feel the temp pretty well, especially in terms of above and below freezing. Because mm-hmm. anything at or above freezing can sometimes be uncomfortable, but is never painful. Whereas below freezing, I can feel... It's not necessarily, like, painful, but it feels to the point where it's like, oh, if I don't get moving and get the blood pumping, I could, like, my skin could get injured from this cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it's like a little, it. It's like a little stingy almost. Yes, yeah. it stings more, essentially. Yeah. But yeah. you you really get to feel that. So it's crazy, though, because literally 32 or above, you're like, oh, wow, it's not bad at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were actually commenting how, on how warm it was this morning. Yeah. We got to the landing, we were like, damn, it's like hot out here. Like, you were almost not even going to take your jacket. Yeah. I was like, definitely going to want that. How yeah. cold was it? It was only, it was like 45. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 45 and raining. Probably like 60 almost. Yeah. Well, and I thought the rain was kind of letting up, so I was like, yeah, maybe I don't need the jacket. And then it, once we got away from the truck, I could feel the wind more. I was like, oh, and then it rained for like the first couple hours. So I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good thing I had the jacket. So yeah, want to talk a little bit about the camping trip? Here, how about we'll um, take a quick break. Hear the new ad, hopefully. <laughs> we'll be right back. Yeah, so the camping trip. Yeah, more camping than hunting. Well, we hunted plenty. We didn't kill very much. That's right. Yeah, we, I mean, honestly, here, did you have something? You no, go ahead. Right. Just, like, our hunting trip has paralleled a majority of, like, my bird season so far is we got into a lot of great habitat and we flushed a lot of birds considering we had no dog or anything. We were literally just walking in from the road, just looking like, Oh, like that looks like good habitat. We'll stop and walk it. We got into a ton of birds. If we had shot half of those birds, we, that would have been a bang up weekend. That's a good point. There was one, maybe two. I definitely could have shot if I was more experienced for sure. And that, that, I kind of figured that was going to happen because even when we went up north um, for the first time on opening weekend, mm-hmm. you know, there was a ton of foliage on the trees. We flushed a lot of birds. And even, you know, me and Nico and all them were like, we're ex- pretty experienced bird hunters. And we were just not ready for it. Yeah. And that's why, you know. Reflexes just aren't trained. Yeah. And whereas this last time, it was like, I mean, I, I only shot that one woodcock, but that was just like effortless. You know what I mean? It was like, when that thing flushed, I didn't even think about it. It was just like, you know, and I like blasted it. And I think you even commented, you're like, dude, that was quick. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, that's just, you know, usually the way you got to do it. Sometimes yeah. you get a really nice flush without a dog where, you know, it comes up in front of you and just, you get a good three seconds maybe to get it. But a lot of the time it's like two seconds if you're lucky and that's it. Yeah. That's definitely a skill that can be pretty crazy once you work on it. Um, they say in like World War Two that was one reason why American troops, especially like from the South, were so crazy because a lot of them were hunters, especially in the South. They do a lot of flush hunting like that, and a lot they specifically got dudes who were good at trap shooting and stuff for um to be gunners in the bombers. Nice. Really? Yeah, and they were just regularly outperformed other countries just because we had <laughs> such hunting experience. Yeah. I believe it. But yeah, man, it's it's crazy that that's definitely showed me that that's something I need to work on more is just the pop shooting. Well, what's really awesome about shotgunning is you can get into shotgunning super cheap. I mean, you can get yourself an A one pump shotgun 
for a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Something that's good that you can buy, and if you take care of it, you can shoot it for 20 years. Definitely. And ammo, especially for, like, trap shooting and practicing, is fairly cheap. If you're, you know, going to compare it to, like, plinking rifle ammo, mm-hmm. even twenty two versus, a sh- like, a shotgun, you're going to pay, like, 50 cents on the dollar. Probably at the most. A lot of times it's going to be even less per shot. So it's, like, it's a great shooting skill to have that's, like, actually a fairly cheap hobby to do, too. Well, I mean, yeah, if you want to even call it a hobby, but, I mean, that has real practical applications, you know? Because right, yeah. it carries over to any type of weapon use, even bows, like, getting that pop shooting is good. Right, getting used to aiming and just looking, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, very true. Especially with you shooting your, like, your tra- kind of your traditional recurve. I mean, that's... That's pretty that's, much how I got to do it. Exactly. Just that draw and shoot. Yeah, so... It was a little chilly up there. Yeah, not too bad. The second night was... Got a little, got a little frosty. Yeah, I forgot my yoga mat, so I got a little... I was getting some draftiness under the, mm-hmm. under the hammock, but I packed a really, like, my nicest sleeping bag. That made a huge difference, so. I bought a big army, like, military-issue wool blanket on Amazon for the camping trip. And Did it have got... smallpox? What? Did it have smallpox? Probably. <laughs> no, they have enough chemicals on it to kill whatever the fuck. <laughs> but, um, yeah, dude, that shit shrieked when I took it out of the box. It's like, holy fuck, is this doused in gasoline? Jesus. But, um, Probably. yeah, it arrived to my house... Friday afternoon, so right. didn't get to use that for the camping trip, which probably a blessing in disguise because I'm glad I'm washing it first. Yeah, dude, I would get gassed out or some shit. But it's one of those things that I don't know, like it, those scratchy wool blankets. Yeah. When I was on ship, so you literally we had those stupid ass fucking bunks. And here, I just want to side note. We've been trashing the military a lot. <laughs> We're going to do, uh, talk about the positive sides of the military closer to Veterans Day, Marine Corps birthday. So stay tuned for that. We don't hate the military. But, um, <laughs> but anyways, those stupid fucking cots, and you have to make your bed every morning, whereas most of us are way too lazy that we just didn't sleep in the sheets. We just have another blanket to lay on top of our made bed and just sleep like that. Because the beds have to be, like, perfectly, like, boot camp tight, like, perfectly made with, like, the 45-degree yeah, angles and shit. Like, perfect. And we're like, yeah, fuck that bullshit. So we made it perfect, strapped it down so it wouldn't move, and then just slept on top of it. Yeah. And I had, so the top blanket was a wool blanket, and my extra blanket, because the only blankets they had... Where it was another scratchy, scratchy wool, wool blanket. blanket. So the sh- where we slept was like 98 degrees average because we were in the tropics with no AC on a fucking giant metal <laughs> ship. So sub 90s because I live with like 150 other people in there pre-COVID. Something that will never ever happen again probably is I lived with over 100 people in, in a space that would have comfortably housed 20. <laughs> And so, yeah, it was wild as shit and um, hot as fuck all the time. And, yeah, so every time I slept, I just roasted and sweated my balls off like crazy. And so for a while, I, like, even when I got out, I was only comfortable sleeping when I was, like, drenched in sweat. (laughs) 
Yeah. So I guess I was like, well, those wool blankets seem warm, so I'll get one of those for camping. <laughs> they're like they're just so thick. I think they insulate well, but yeah, you don't want them right on your skin because they are no. Yeah, super definitely be something itchy. to like throw over your I'll bag. Wrap yeah. it around my bag yeah. inside the bivy. Yeah, I would insulate yep. really well. Because wool insulates when it's wet, so that'd be perfect to just have like outside my bag. Yeah, or if you have like a sleeping bag inside of a bivy sack. That's what I have. Yeah. Okay. So. Do, like, kind of, like, a mid-layer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, definitely. It is amazing how much, like, you just add one layer like that, and it actually can make, like, a huge difference. Oh, yeah. Just with the heat retention. Because, yeah, it was... This year, I camped in, without a doubt, the coldest weather I have camped in in a long time. I did a one winter camping stint, like, when I was, like, a teenager. And, you know, slept outside in, like, January. But other than that, like, March, I think got down to 26. Yeah. And then up north, it was 30. And those were, that was the chilliest camping I've done. You know, and we didn't, I didn't even have a rain fly, obviously, with that hammock here. Breathing in that ultra-cold night air, like, all the time. See, that's the thing, though, is, like, in the Marines, I looked them up, the type of baby sacks we had. They were actually pretty nice ones. Like, they run for around, like, two, three hundred bucks or something around there. But it was, like, nice-ass bivy sack with, like, a wire and mesh thing on the top. So you could, like, fold up the wire so it was, like, a mini tent above your head. That you could unzip it with a screen there. Nice. Or most of us just left it zipped open. But, I mean, when there was fucking giant tarantulas all around, we zipped those fuckers up. <laughs> but either way, like, your face was always open to the the air and I don't know I just really like bivy sleeping in a bivy sack and I mean in the hammock it was nice but like I said it fucked up my shoulders because yeah. I have wide shoulders whereas like I don't know I like sleeping on the ground as long as it's flat yeah I mean everybody's got their own especially when you're like up north we were we were almost clamping as far yeah. as just like being oh really, yeah I was glamping being really close to the truck having mm-hmm. split firewood there like having a nice grill right next to the fire all that stuff was that was more of a base camp for hunting than a fucking camp. Right, exactly. Right. We didn't go out and hike out and pitch a spike camp. Like, that, yeah, like you said, it's base camp. And it was more focused on trying to get birds or get after birds anyways. Yeah. I don't know. I went out with a pretty, um, I wouldn't say it was not the most aggressive attitude. I was just happy to be out in the woods, and I was totally fine not killing anything. So I was just like, eh. If I see something, it's a decent shot, I'll take it. But if not, whatever. So that's like a couple times something flew up in between us. And it's like, eh, not 100% sure where Bear, Billy and Taryn are. Don't want to fucking shoot them. It's like, eh, yeah. I'll just let it go, you know? Yeah, and that's always good to, to safety first, for sure. Yeah, that's a big thing. I, and I knew I wouldn't have, like, any problems with you guys. But there are some people that I don't like to hunt with or used to hunt with and don't anymore. Because when they see birds, especially in that setting, like, it's one thing when you're in a duck blind and somebody freaks out and they fuck up a shot because they go too early or something. They just, like, that's fine because it's relatively safe. But, yeah, when you're walking around in the woods like that, you can get really turned around. We were in thick country, too. Fucking thick-ass shit. (laughs) Like, I was hopping from fucking tree stump to tree stump in some of those fucking little marshes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there was probably half a dozen shots that we could have between rabbits and grouse that... We didn't even have a freaking snowball's chance in hell of getting our guns up because it was just that thick. You couldn't even pull your gun up. Like, I had the shortest gun, and I was still, like, That was some of the thickest stuff I've been in a long time. That's what he said. (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, dude, and Taryn was so well camouflaged. The only thing I could see was his, his lips and his red beard. <laughs> yeah, dude, your red beard. I was looking for it, like walking through the woods, just like this, like camo, camo figure, camo silhouette with a red beard. Just dude, if you stopped walking, you instantly disappeared. It was good. Yeah, it was. Wasn't the greatest thing for bird hunting, but it was yes. awesome. Awesome for dog hunting. Well, I mean, it was just fucking cool cameras. Like, damn, yeah. that's some good camera. But we we yeah. knew where each other was. Like, yeah. we kept in good good verbal contact. Yeah. Know? For being new bird hunters, you guys, like, really, really took to it well. Especially you, Strem, where I think on the first walk, like, you were a little frustrated because you just... Dude, it was very, very thick. And yeah. you guys were, like, going, and you're like, hey, like, what's what's wrong? Like, come on. And I'm just like, guys, I can't even fucking get through this. Like, my shoulders are too big. And you guys like, where, Strum, where are you? Too far. I was like, bro, I'm fucking been moving five feet. <laughs> and then I had those headphones on at first, and, like, I'm going through so much shit that it's just constant noise. And then I hear one of you guys yell. So I have to like take the headphone off to see where you're yelling from. Cause yeah, it was a mess. And so I was like, I'm just going to stay way closer. Yeah. 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 That helps to not get lost either. Yeah. It would be cool to go out and to take a trip like that. Like maybe a little bit even later in the year, like this last weekend or this coming weekend. You know, in, in future years, but do like more of a backpack style thing where we go and we park at one of the, you know, kind of the trailheads, I guess, that we parked at to walk in. But instead of going 100 or 120 yards in, like we just say, oh, well, you know, we plot it out on a map on Onyx and we're going to put in here and we're going to go and hike to this spot because we think this is around here. We're going to go and walk these, you know, walk in, try and kill birds and spend a night out there and walk back. You know, yeah. and it's... Dude, even, yeah, at least a night. Right. Yeah. Yeah, something like that would be cool. I think maybe right before we do that, just do a street backpacking trip, because trying to backpack and hunt, I mean, eh, no, we could probably pull it off first. Well, because really, cause really all we need is, like, the only thing you would need other than your backpacking stuff is, like, ammunition and shells. True. But otherwise, all of your gear would be the same. Be like going on patrol. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, and it, we don't have to make it about hunting, but I don't know about you guys, but when I'm up in that country, I know it's not super dangerous, there's no grizzlies or nothing, but there's a hell of a lot more predators up there than there is here. Oh, yeah. And when I'm deep in that thick-ass forest, it just, I find it so much more eerie and I feel way more comfortable <laughs> when, I have, when I have guns and not oh, just, yeah. like, I'm walking around with one in my hand all the time. <laughs> No, I totally hear that. And, I mean, not only that, but you don't know what fucking weirdos are up there. <laughs> yeah, dude, there might be weird forest people like there are. Well, dude, not even just weird mountains. forest people, but just some some other person that's backpacking in that's from who knows where. The, like, it could be someone from out of state that just fucking lives in a big city mm-hmm. and wants to come camping for the first time and just shoots at every fucking noise they hear, you know? True that. True that. Because think some, so many people now, with all this pandemic bullshit or want to be like preppers imagine somebody just buys a bunch of shit and then just goes out into the woods from like shit they learned on youtube videos you know i'm sure it's like obviously people do that with great success but i'm sure there's some people who do it who may also be a sociopath or something you know like who knows that'd be a good novel three guys go out on a camping like backpacking trip and they meet up with some guy and the guy like Claims to be lost and like from the city, and it's like, oh, can we trust him? Is he gonna kill us? Well, 
I'd read that read book. Read and find out. I'd read that book. <laughs> Have you guys... I think it was in school, and I forget exactly the, the name, but I think it's called, like, The Most Dangerous Game. Where they hunt humans? Yes, on the island. Yep. Yeah. That's what that just reminded me of. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Rich people hunting poor people. That's a common <laughs> theme in a lot of stories. <laughs> but, dude, yeah, like, people reference that a lot. Like, um, yeah. American Dad's got an episode. Uh, the second Ace Ventura. Yeah. yeah. Really? In Parks and Rec. <laughs> what if, like, this rich cologne guy's like, hey, we should go on a hunting trip sometime. What's your 40 time? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Whoa. But yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun to go get in there deeper than a couple hundred yards. Yeah. Because <laughs> the base camp was fun, yeah, but it, you know, doing like we did at your land and stuff. Yeah. That's, it, that's a whole different experience. Making and, camp, yeah. Yeah, and then not, you know, it's like if we don't kill any birds, it's like, well, who cares? We backpacked all the way in here and did all this other shit anyways. All right, I'm sold. Let's go fucking backpack hunting. Hell yeah. Yeah, maybe next year we can plan it. I'm... Hopefully gonna do an out west hunt, so I should have all the fucking gear I need. Yeah. Because I am severely. That's one thing I learned in March that I, unfortunately, haven't remedied. That I would have thought I would have by now is like, I need to really upgrade some of my camping shit. Mm-hmm. I am wildly underprepared. If I had to strap a backpack to myself and take everything I need with me, I would be hurting. You know, which doesn't make me feel good. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's good that you're, like, hanging out with people and getting out in the field so you know what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely There's learned a lot of, like, a lot of gear stuff from you guys, that's for sure. Cool. You seem like a well-informed guy. I'm sure you, like, see shit, like, online or social media or podcasts and stuff, too. Yeah, I try to check a lot out, but it definitely has helped just getting out with you guys and, like, see, it, like, your water filter. Like, I would have never, yep, never really thought about that, like, camping before. So I was like, oh, we'll just bring out my water. And that's such a pain. Versus if I can do some of this stuff and be like, oh, well, there's a creek right here, and I've got this great filtration system I can do 10 liters at a time. You know, it's like you get there, if you have a couple of collapsible containers, and you get a nice little water store, and then yeah, you didn't have to bring any of that in. It's like, that's perfect. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing is, like, I've gone through several filters. Like, I'm still trying to figure out what, like, the best thing would be for me, you know? And it's just, like, I listened to, I mentioned before, Cast, but Aaron Snyder, he goes with his, like, UV pen that he just swirls it around in water. Whereas, it really depends what you're worried about. If you're just way out in the backcountry and your main concern is Gerardia or some bacterial-borne virus in the water then yeah, UV pen's great. Whereas when we camp in Prairie du Chien by agricultural fields, I'm worried about filtering out all the nitrates and shit mm-hmm. from that water as well. So that's why I kind of want the filter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even up north, I mean, like the Flambeau is probably a, a pretty uh, clean river as far as like there's no real dams or industri- like industry on it. Is there? There might be a little like mining and shit around there. Yeah, there definitely was at one point. I don't think it's quite as heavy as it is now. Maybe up more towards, like, Hurley and stuff. But it's still, ha- like, heavy water. So, you, you know, it's still good to, like, run through that filter, take some of that iron out, disagrees with your... Like, I don't personally... Usually, I'm not really bothered by hard water. But there's a lot of people where if you drink hard water, like, you're going to be shitting your brains out for a day. Oh, like, man, I bet. I and that's just iron, water. you know. Yeah, it's like... That's... A, yeah, definitely really important to... Find the right filter, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing for longer term or bigger scale stuff is Berkey. Because we actually yeah. use that for our house, that the Berkey filters are, I think they are originally designed for like military and camping and stuff, but you can fucking throw lake water in, or pond water in that shit and it'll filter it out, but we use it because our house has old pipes. We should do that. Drinking all this city water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's amazing is Steve's point city water in reference to like the average water the average American drinks which most of them are going to live in, like, urban centers, but still, like, Stevens Point City water is so good. It's yeah, good. one of the best. That's, that's why. The, well, City of wonderful water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. The the college has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the college is really good for points, like, sustainability. Oh, yeah. They really, they really, yeah, they really try and perpetuate the improvements of that. It's nice. Yeah, you just... Keep getting a rotating fresh stock of people who want to make a difference. <laughs> like, yeah, young minds passionate in those fields. Yeah, <laughs> you just yep. get a continuous stream of, yeah. Hey, you want to work at this place for free so you can learn how to do it? <laughs> I just want to change the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Stevens Point is a great college town to live in as far as, like, the college here is really, I think, good for the area. It's good for like, the culture, there's a lot of, like, but it's not, you know, doesn't, doesn't come with a lot of the, the negatives or the downsides that, like, other college towns would have. Very true. Yeah, Very it's good true. Balance. It isn't a big enough school where it's taking over the town, kind of, because, like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, really, about big college towns, but I'm assuming that the town's kind of more focused around the college, whereas small towns in close proximity to military bases are usually the same way. Whereas that town is just a fucking shithole just devoted to, like, preying on the people going to that big institution. So it's like, I'm sure college towns where that's a major college that maybe the town kind of shifts more towards Edwards Point is still way more balanced, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. there's a a ton of other shit going on here. Mm -hmm. Town's really good. Yeah, but I mean, like, what else from the camping trip? I'm trying to think. Um, did you, did you, have you ever talked about what kind of filtration system you do have? Like, just, like, so people... Yeah, before I used, I think it was the Sawyer Mini, which those, because I, the reason I got that is because it's rated to filter over 100,000 gallons for the lifetime of the filter, if you take care of it properly. But the drawback, I feel like, is it's tough to drain all the water out of it and it may freeze. And when it free that little water inside, it freezes, it kind of cracks and crystallizes and breaks the filter. So it doesn't filter it as effectively. And with the life straw, which is what I use now, or what I'm trying out now with the life straw, every time you use it, you pretty much have to like clean all the water out of it or you're, or I tr- it seems easier to clean the water out of it. So I feel in the like, Sawyer. Yeah, so I feel like the life straw has less of a likelihood of freezing. Mm-hmm. So that seems like a better choice because most of the time when we're camping, it's fun cold. But if it isn't going to get below freezing, then any filter would probably be fine. How, uh, just out of curiosity, did was there like a, um, a suggested lifetime as far as gallons goes with your filter or not in this one? For with the life straw, I can't really remember the lifetime but it's, I want to say, 
it's not crazy long because I think they use natural coconut fibers as part of their filter. So it's probably not as long as a lifespan, but like those Sawyers, even though they have a crazy long lifespan, I'm, pr- I'm not using them because I'm pretty sure they froze. So it probably right, it didn't, it didn't last that long. Yeah. So even though it has a crazy lifespan when it's broken, it's lifespan ended, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> so the Sawyer, it may not have as long of a lifespan, but I'm going to try it out. You know? Yeah. If you, if you run a hundred thousand gallons through it in a lab in a perfectly controlled environment and you always clean it, then it lasts. Exactly. But if you're in the field, it just doesn't hold up. Yeah. Is that definitely important to know? Yeah, and I mean with filters in general, so that's a major consideration if you're going to be where it freezes. Definitely. Yeah, that's definitely something to consider. Because <clears throat> in Wisconsin, we have, you know, obviously from January to July, there's a giant temperature swing. I mean, needs for filters change dramatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe if some type of system where it's like loose carbon yeah. particulate or something in it as a filter where if it freezes it won't destroy yeah. it. Just think about if you're camping in like 15 degree weather like if we're going to go winter camping and we know there's going to be like you know a fast flowing like stream or creek that we'll be able to get water from mm-hmm. but you know you fill it you filter water and now your filter is going to be frozen you know maybe within two minutes one minute it's like okay I got to find something that can take a little bit more abuse and still come through and filter water for me. Yeah. Well, the good thing with cold environments like that cold is usually you'll have snow and with the snow you can, I mean, obviously try if it's old snow, you want to scrape off the shit on the top probably has dust, but, um, underneath you just melt that shit. Cause I mean, when we were in the mountains, okay, the yeah. Marines, all of our water was from melting snow. You just melted it and boiled yeah. it. Which is a fucking bitch when you're doing operations and you need a fuck ton of water and your only way to get water is to melt a little tiny pan at a time over a white gas foldable stove, you know? I'm sure a jet boil too would like be really fucking nice. That's when I actually bought my jet boil. We were out for a week with the white gas stoves and I was like, Oh, similar situation. I was like, oh, these stoves are awesome. They can run on any type of fuel. Gasoline, alcohol, white gas. Whatever you have, you'll burn it in that stove. It's a bitch to set up. It's like a bunch of different steps to set it up and get it going. And you have to light it. And fucking some dumbasses take like 10 minutes to set it up. So it's that much longer. Because the melting, the snow, takes a long ass time too. Because it's kind of inefficient. Whereas a jet boil, you just fucking plug, hook that thing up and cracker open and it'll melt it's going right away you know but it's kind of lighter and you need those little canisters so everything's a trade-off like that mm-hmm. they do make giant canisters now i'm assuming coleman oh, yeah. i think owns jet boil because we use the jet boil out in north dakota to make coffee and i had ramen on the duck blind it was actually it was <laughs> pretty smacking um but yeah we bought like a giant giant like this thing yeah yeah i've i've used those yeah you those are you can get the canisters in whatever size you want which is nice mm-hmm. and those big ones i think for like a two or three day thing would probably last the majority of for what you would need it for yeah you, know, they, if you use it sparingly like they have an uh like a time rating in hours on okay. if you have continuous use that's a good ballpark yeah but um yeah, jet boils are nice, and that's the thing is there's so many camp foods that you just need boiled water, like coffee, ramen, most of those fucking free, all the freeze-dried freeze dried shit. dehydrated stuff. Yeah, and we had free, so there's cold weather MREs, which is all freeze-dried shit, 
So that was perfect for that. And like, yeah, jet boils are good for that shit. But if you want to like cook meat, not really, not yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. You Unless know. you're going to boil it in like a soup. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to boil stuff, then a jet boil is fine. But you can make two cups at a time. But we had the fucking big grill on the fire, so that was nice for the steaks for camp. Yeah. That was real nice. Yeah, it was cool <coughs> cooking, cooking a lot of that stuff over the fire. Because we did, I mean, we did the potatoes and stuff all over the fire. It was, it was pretty damn good. Pretty slapping. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's probably why we didn't get anything. We brought, we were so prepared to not kill anything. Yeah, we brought, brought too much food. Yeah, yeah the universe I was, totally, was like, they don't have to kill anything. Yeah. yeah, I brought six pounds of beef. Yeah, that, that's all my meat I was going to get out of the universe. That yeah, week. dude, that was a lot of steak. That was awesome, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh we, did a, we did an ice bath in the river, too. That was dope. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's cool to feel the, feel the current. Instead of just sitting in a tub. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know, thinking back... It wasn't really that bad. Get well, getting into it, I was standing in it, and it was like thigh deep. And I was like, "Oh, should I lay down, like forward, yeah. lay back?" I was like, "Yeah, fuck it." Too overthinking it, just dunked in. That wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. We sat in there for I don't know, man, how long? Minutes. Five minutes. Yeah, felt longer than two. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Took me a while to warm up, though. <laughs> yeah, afterwards, yeah, I was, I, I was fucking. On another level after that shit, with the cold especially. Like, the cold air, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, anything else you guys want to mention about the camping trip, or save for another time, or yeah. what do you think? Yeah, come back to it later. I think we've done a pretty good recap on it. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah, we're pretty tired. It's been a long day. Fucking next week. I don't know, what do you think we got planned for next week? Gene and Tommy coming next week uh, I don't remember what I said I what might said. not be on next week so oh. bullshit without Jake <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do something like you won't want to talk about like, <laughs> like wrestling or knife throwing or something yeah functional functional training <laughs> something like move that move net yeah Billy I, I heard about this thing called move net <laughs> <laughs> Taryn have you ever heard of Conan the Barbarian <laughs> <laughs> I got these books I borrowed from a friend. <laughs> Can't remember who. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Fucking see you next week, folks.